this morning I want to share with you about finding God's favor. Because I believe that each and every one of us sitting here this morning, morning has already received favor from God. We have favor available to us. Favor is such a wonderful thing in the lives of a believer. And I mean, if, you be, if you're honest with yourself, you can, can, can sort of attest to what I'm going to tell you. But sometimes you'll find someone, a believer, that man, it's just so clear that God's hand and favor is on that individual. It's like whatever they do, they just succeed and they excel in every area of their lives. It's like, it's like, it's like everything they touch turns to gold. I'm not talking about financially necessarily, but it's like they're just successful. Like it looks like God's favor and his hand is so obviously on that individual. As a pastor, over many years of ministry and even before when I was just in the church, I've seen this over and over in individuals' lives. I remember over the years watching Pastor Harold, my pastor, and seeing clearly the favor of God on his life. Even when the enemy attacks him, how God protects him and preserves him and brings him through the other side stronger than ever because of the favor on his life. Favor is not something that guarantees you a good time all the time or a life without trouble. Sometimes we're in trouble, but favor gets you through it in a way that doesn't happen to those that don't have it. The Bible talks about favor in Proverbs 22 like this. It says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, looking a loving favor rather than silver and gold. Favor is more valuable than earthly possessions. The favor of God on a person's life is more valuable than silver and gold, earthly possessions. Favor is so much more than just stuff. Psalm 5 verse 12 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. So when favor comes upon you, God's protection surrounds you on every, on every side. As I said earlier on, some people will say, Well, you know, I, I believe I have the favor of God, but stuff is going wrong. Have you read the Bible? Joseph clearly had God's favor on his life. There's no question about it. But even when God showed him that he even favored him and his brothers would bow down to him, he wasn't the wisest, went and told him about it, and jealousy put him in a pit. Did that change the fact that God had given him favor? No, because as soon as he got to Egypt, sold as a slave, he ended up getting favor with Potiphar. That's what God's favor does. Just when he thought things are going well, he ends up being accused of rape, ends up in prison. It doesn't look like the favor of God is there anymore. But then God gets him in front of, the, uh, in front of Pharaoh. And he ends up getting favor with Pharaoh, becoming the second most highly esteemed person in all of Egypt. That's what favor does. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through stuff. I can guarantee you, while Joseph was in the prison at the bottom in Egypt, he didn't think, 
that there was favor on him at that moment. But he did certain things that guaranteed that that favor would find him, no matter where he was or how bad things were going. There is no question that throughout Scripture we can clearly see that there are individuals that have the favor of God on their lives. The Bible actually has quite a lot to say about that. Let's take a look. Proverbs 3 verse 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your necks. Write them on a, a tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and men. The one thing about favor that I love is that when you find God's favor on your life, there is something that naturally happens. It seems as though that favor transfers to man as well. So all of a sudden, you, you realize that God's favor is there. Now all of a sudden, you're having favor everywhere you go. With men as well, with people around you, God's favor is just all over you, all over everywhere you go. Amen. How many of you want to walk in that favor? If you look at Scripture, you will find that Bible, Bible in, uh, characters like Hannah experienced favor. And the Bible tells us, the, tells us this, Ruth experienced favor. Esther experienced favor. Jacob experienced favor. Joseph, David, Moses, Mary, and the list goes on of these individuals that walked in that supernatural favor of God. I think that, that any one of us that serves the Lord should have that desire to step into that same favor that they experienced. Daniel 1 verse number 9 says, Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Again, we see how it's the favor that comes from man first comes from God. And God then takes him and gives him favor with man as well. What we must understand is if we read about these things and we see these things, we have to ask ourselves the question, how do we get this favor? How do we get favor on our lives? Again, I want to ask you this morning, by a show of hands, how many of you want to walk in the favor of God? What you must understand is that favor can be found. Favor can be found. The Bible actually teaches us this. Proverbs 12 verse 2 says, A good man obtains favor from the Lord. So it wasn't there, but now he received it. He's found it. And he's obtained it. But a man of wicked intentions, he will condemn. Proverbs 3 verse 3 says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on, your heart, on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God. The thing is, is if you desire favor, you have to look for it. To find something, you have to first look for it. Are you with me? The Bible tells us in Genesis 6 verse number 8 that Noah found favor with the Lord. We know that Abraham found favor. In fact, Genesis 18.3 says, and he said, or, and said, My Lord, if I have found favor in your sight, do not... Do not pass on by your servant. What is he doing? He's saying to the Lord, if I have found favor, don't pass me by. What's he doing? He's looking 
for the favor. He desires the favor. And so we know the story that they don't pass him by and they end up spending time with him. Luke 1 verse 30 says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 1 Samuel 16, 22. Then Saul sent Jesse, saying, David, oh, please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So we can clearly see that you can find the favor of God. It can be found by those who desire it. You've all raised your hand, 90% of you in this room. The other 10% will pray for you later. But 90% of you all raised your hand and said, you desire to walk in that favor, to find that favor. The interesting thing about favor is that favor is already yours. And how do we qualify for that favor? Watch this now. The children of Israel were in Egypt, and God was going to deliver them out of Egypt. Watch what he says, Exodus 3.21. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. This is so powerful to me. Why does God tell these individuals, the children of Israel, that he is going to give them favor? Because they are his. Because they are his children. Because they are his people. And when we see this favor, he says, listen, I'm going to read to you in a moment how he's going to talk to them about the promises he has for them. But I want you to see that not only is he going to deliver them, but he's going to deliver them with the riches of Egypt. So even the enemies will bless them. Amen. How many of you would like your enemy to write you a check? After you bank it, tell the banker to give it back so you can put it on the wall. There's no question, if God will do that for his people, what are we talking about? We're talking about favor. I will deliver you. I will set you free. I will give you even the spoils of Egypt. You will take it with you. And then he says this. Listen to this. Exodus 3.17. I, I read this last night in the sermon last night as well. He says, and I have said... I will bring you up out of the afflictions of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. This is God's intention for you. This is available to you, children of Israel. I will take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give you the spoils of Egypt. When you leave the land of Egypt, you will already have favor. I want you to know that when you get saved, you already have favor. It is available to you you, you have entered into favor. Listen to me. The word favor in the Greek is the word charis. The word charis actually means grace. When you get saved, you already obtain grace. You already have God's favor on your life. And there's nothing that you can do. It's there. It's done. Jesus did it all so we could enter into that favor. The children of Israel, they, God just chose them. Out of all the nations of the world, he chose them to be his people. Gave them the promises, told them the favors there, told them he's going to bless them. But look at what happens. 
Numbers 26, verse 65. For the Lord had said to them, you shall surely die in the wilderness. So there was not left a man of them except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. What happened between the promises of favor, the promises of blessings, and now all of a sudden they're standing at the very crossing of their, of their promise and God says, you're not going to enter in. You're not going to get that favor. That's already yours. You're not going to get it. Why is that? I'm so glad you're asking so many questions. You see, the thing is, is that in order to step into or to find that favor that God has for you, it requires obedience. Oh, obedience has become a curse word in the church. In fact, some people will say that obedience is legalism. No, not obedience is called rebellion. So when we don't obey God, we rebel against Him. Obey, disobey. Favor, rebellion. Are you with me? That's what happens. So what does the Bible say? Let's take a look. Jeremiah 7, 23. But this is what I command them, say, commanded them, saying, obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Or you could say it like this, that you may have favor, that you may walk in that favor that has already been provided for you. You've been given it. It was paid for. It's yours. What do we need to do to continue to walk in that, in that favor? We have to obey. The children of Israel did not step into their inheritance. It was theirs for the taking. But they didn't grasp it. They didn't grab a hold of it. They didn't find it because of their disobedience to God. Amen. We see in Scripture individuals that find favor with God. Let me show you one really good example. We don't know too much about this individual, but his name is Jabez. First Chronicles 4 verse number 9. Listen to what it says. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. So it didn't start too well. And Jabez, watch this now, called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that, you, that your hand would be with me. Your hand is like favor, that your favor would be with me, your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Have a look at his desire. His desire in going before the Lord is, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to, I want to honor you, Lord. I, I want my territory to be enlarged. I but Lord, I, I don't want to be led into evil. I don't want to harm anybody. I was having a look at what the commentators have to say about this. And one of the commentators, Clark, makes this comment. So this is his words. This is what he says. In these accounts... He was more honorable than his brethren. So what qualified him to be more honorable than his brethren? Watch this. He was of the same stock and of the same lineage. 
He had neither nobility of birth, nor was distinguished by earthly titles. In all respects, he was on a level with his brethren, the same level as them. But God tells us that he was more honorable than all. And why? Because he prayed. Because he served his maker. And because he lived to do good among men. Therefore he received the honor that cometh from God. Isn't that powerful, guys? What I want you to understand is that you qualify to be esteemed by God. You qualify to have his favor. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your lineage is. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you made. The decision is entirely yours, whether you will find that favor or whether you won't find it. But if you choose to be like Jabez was, if you choose to be like him and seek the Lord in righteousness, you will find that favor of God. Listen to this. We know that Ruth found tremendous favor with God through Boaz particularly. Boaz was an amazing man, but it's amazing because she goes to Boaz to find out, why do I have this favor that you're giving me? Take a look at what the Bible says in Ruth 2 verse 10. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your eyes? that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how, you, and, and, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to the people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work, and a full reward be given given you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Isn't that powerful, guys? So when we do what is honorable, when we seek the Lord and do what is right in his sight, again we see that he's like a shield, that you come under his wings. So powerful. So let's try and break this down and make it as practical as possible. We already have favor because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We are the children of God. Jesus gives us grace. Are you with me? The thing is, though, if we don't obey God's words, we don't, if we don't obey God's voice, we will not find the favor that's available to us in different areas of our lives. Let's give you one example, okay? Some people will make a statement like this. Well, you know, I'm under grace. I don't really need to work. I'm not kidding. And some of you are very quiet because I hope you don't feel like that. So what does the Bible say about work? Proverbs 12, 24. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Oh, well, you know, Pastor Alex, that's Old Testament. I'm under grace now. I'm so glad you said that. 1 Timothy 5, verse number 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's a pretty heavy statement. If that doesn't convince you, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3, verse number 10. For even when you were with for even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. 
In other words, God says in his word that we should work, that we should do our work in the natural now. Are you with me? We should wake up in the morning and go and do a day's work and come home and be with our families and on weekends spend time with our families. But unfortunately, I can't be there all day every day having fun. And if I'm obedient to God's word, this is practical now, I go to work, I can be guaranteed that he's going to bless me. Amen. If you obey his voice, you will find favor. That's what God promises in his word. I know it's practical, but it's very, very powerful. The truth is, is that many, many believers don't experience the favor of God in areas of their life because they choose not to obey his voice in that area of their life. God wants to bless you and give you favor in your marriage. If you don't conduct your business honorably and righteously, don't expect the favor of God in that area. Are you with me, guys? When I started working on the sermon, I got to this verse, and I actually had this verse somewhere else in the sermon, and at the end, once I'd read through it a few times, I I made a decision to place this right at the end. Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, for his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want to share with you this morning. No matter where you are in your walk with God, even if things haven't gone well and you feel like God is angry at you, you must understand that favor for the the believer is for life. If you choose to obey God's voice, to seek Him with all of your heart, you can be guaranteed that you will find that joy in the morning. That, that no matter where you are, no matter what situation you find yourself in right now, God's favor is available to you because it's a promise to us. You know, if you study the Old Testament, you study the prophets of the Old Testament, and right now I'm really busy studying some of them. The one thing I find over and over is that God always used them to draw his people back to himself. When he warned them about judgment, he always told them about how he would restore them and have this desire that they would be his people. God never wants to make things difficult for you. In fact, he's done everything he can to ensure that it's not difficult for you. But obedience is not something that he can make you do. And the consequences of disobedience is also not something that he controls. That's entirely up to you. You have a choice, guys. I have a choice in my family to find that favor that's already there and available to me for every area of my life. And I have to put God first in all of those areas. My desire as your pastor is to see the favor and the hand of God on each and every one of your lives. A couple of weeks ago, we had a marriage conference And I had a couple that came forward and I was praying for them. 
And this is really what got me on this because over the last few months, there's been a few individuals where I've prayed for them just like I did that couple over there. And, and clearly God wanted me to tell them that, that the favor, his favor is on them. And I was really thinking about this and praying about this. And this couple that I prayed for at the conference came to me, I think it was last night, and said to me, you know, since the conference, they are seeking God so much. And their lives have sort of changed. And, you know, they're coming to all the prayer meetings and church all the time, and they just love it. And I'm not saying that that's what you must do to find God's favor. No. But what I am saying is look at how their hearts have been drawn towards him. It's been their own desire. Listen, they could go, oh, you know, God's favor's on me. I don't just got to do nothing. And maybe you're right, but the fact is, is that's not what they chose to do. They chose to seek after him. So you better believe that they will find that favor. That favor will come upon them because they've made a decision to seek him with all of their heart. They've made a decision to put him first. I want to see all of you blessed, experiencing the favor of God in every area of your life. When it goes rough, that you know that God is with you and will not forsake you, that he will get you through it and favor's waiting on the other side, no matter how dark or bad that situation seems. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, this morning in this place, I am so grateful, Lord. So grateful that you saved us and you showed us your grace, your favor. We have been accepted. We have been grafted in. We too, like the children of Israel, are now your people. And you have given us beautiful promises your heart for us, the things you desire to walk with us in. I pray, Lord, that we will not be a hard-hearted people, but that we will recognize what you have done for us and choose to obey your voice so that we can fully enter into all of the favor that you have for us. For I know your word says, that the thoughts that you have for us are good thoughts, a good plan with a bright future. These are your intentions for us, just like for the children of Israel. So I pray this morning, Father, from, from the bottom of my heart for all those in this place and all those watching us online, that you would just touch them this morning and draw them to yourself in the mighty name of Jesus. We are truly grateful for everything that you have done for us. And I ask, Lord, that your favor would be poured out on each and every person in this place, in Jesus' name. If I can ask you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just really feel I need to do this. If you've come here this morning and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you cannot enter into that favor. If you're tired of struggling and, and just fighting and, and this losing battle, and you say, Pastor, this morning I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to find that favor. If that's you, can you slip your hand up so I can quickly pray for you? Don't be afraid. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else say, Pastor, that's me. 
I see your hand. God bless you. Quickly slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. If you've come here this morning and you used to serve the Lord, but you've lost your way, perhaps you began to not obey his voice and you could almost feel like, like you felt like the favor was there, but you kind of felt like it wasn't. I want to tell you this morning that you can find that favor again. So if that's you and you say, Pastor, this morning, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to include you in that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, young man. God bless you over there. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Last call. Any one of those two that you either want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or rededicate your life, quickly slip your hand up so I can include you. Last call. God bless you, young lady. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let me ask you now, each and every one of you that raised your hand, don't be afraid. Quickly stand for me so we can pray for you. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause for all those that raised their hand. So many of you. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. If you're standing, come to the front. Don't be afraid. Come quickly. I want to pray for you. Come. Come quickly. Come. Come. Don't be afraid. Come, young man. Come, young lady. Don't be afraid. Come. That's it. That's it. Come. That's it. That's it. Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Amen. Just come and stand right here in the front. That's it. Keep on coming. That's it. If you stood up and you want to still come, come now. Don't stay in your seat. Come on. This is God. God's people are celebrating the choice that you've made this morning. So is heaven celebrating as well. Amen. 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 That's it. Take your time. It's no problem. Take your time. It's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just keep on coming. Come and stand right over here, sir. Come and stand here, sir. Come here. <laughs> Thank you. God bless you. Stand right here. Thank you so much. You made the right choice today. Yes, Amen. 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 If you're standing in the front here, this is the most important decision you'll ever make. I said to the group in the first service, at many points in your life, you'll stand at a crossroads. And this morning, it was like you were at a crossroad, and now you have to make this decision on what, what road you're going to pick for the rest of your life. And I truly believe that this road that you have chosen to take is the road that can change everything for you. I'm not promising you as the pastor standing here that now your life is going to be a rose garden. But what I can tell you is that you will go through everything, the good times and the bad times, and this time it will be different. Because when God's with you, it's like he makes the path straight, even when it's difficult. So I really want to ask you guys standing in the front here, make this decision this morning with your whole heart. Amen, the two of you. Make the decision with your whole heart this morning. And if you do that, God will change everything for you. That's what he promises in his word. So I'm going to pray a prayer with you. The whole church is going to pray with you. But pray it this morning from your heart, like you truly mean it from your heart, okay? Let's all pray, church, but especially you guys in the front. Pray it with your whole heart. Say, Father, I come to you this morning. Today, I give my life to you. Today, I surrender. I believe Jesus died and rose again. 
He is the Son of God. Forgive my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in your book of life. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you will touch these precious people. Never the same. You will never be the same again. Your life is truly about to change. There's been people that have been praying for you. And now the breakthrough is coming. And this time, this is your choice, your decision. You're going to do it with your whole heart. Father, I thank you for this precious young lady, this precious man. A new day, a new beginning for you guys. Amen. Amen. This time it's going to be different. Bless this young man. Bless this young man, Father. Amen. Amen. Things are going to change for you drastically. 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 You made the right decision this morning. Amen. And the struggles? No more. No more. The loneliness? No more. In Jesus' name. Young man, you're going to go a long way. You're going to go a long way. Bless her father. Bless her Lord. This man, bless him father. Let this be a new beginning for him Lord. In Jesus' name, for this precious couple, bless them, Father. Bless them, Lord. It's okay, young man. It's not over for you. Those words were spoken to me more than once. It's not over. Amen. Amen. Bless this precious lady. This precious lady, Lord, who you love so much, Father. Bless this man. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God bless this young lady. Young lady. God's about to turn everything around for you. Everything around. God's about to make you whole. He's about to heal and make you whole this morning. In the name of Jesus. Bless you, young man. Bless you. Bless you, young lady. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for coming all the way to the front. God bless you. Amen. Bless you guys. Come on, church. Let's give them a big round of applause. If you take a look, guys, just to your left, there's that pastor over there, and there's somebody behind you that wants to just introduce themselves to you and pray for you. We love you. Just follow them out. God bless you. Come on, church. Let's give them another big round of applause. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. There's one more. I didn't even see you. Go ahead. Go ahead. God bless you, sir. Sorry I didn't even see you in the back here. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord another clap. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big, big God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, let me hear you shout hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you something. I'm putting my hands on them and the tears are falling off their face onto my hands as they weep coming into the presence of God, guys. This is what it's all about. And I'm just so grateful to the Lord. I'm so grateful for you guys bringing your family and friends to church. Look at what he's doing. 
He's doing it here. He's doing it on Tuesday nights. He's doing it on streets and evangelism. He's doing it in the mall at the food pantry. He's doing it in the cafe. He's doing it at your workplace. He's doing it at the gym, wherever you go. Let God use you guys. He's desperate to touch the brokenhearted. And when people find Jesus, their lives totally change. How many of you remember when you got saved the first time? Come on. Amen. You're still here. And now you're going to enter even, to even greater favor. So let me release you. Father, we are so thankful, so grateful to you. What an amazing morning. So many lives touched, Lord. We give you all of the honor and glory for it, Father. All of the praise. We are grateful. But I also, Father, ask this morning, let this word resonate in all of our hearts. Let us never forget what you have already done for us and what's available to us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your love. Now I release your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.